Hi, I'm Bob Ekblad. Welcome to my new podcast, Disciple, Word, Spirit, Justice, and Witness. Today I want to talk with you about one of the first times that the word disciple appears in the Bible, and it's in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. And this is the third uh, servant poem, it's called, um, in the book of Isaiah. It's uh, first one is Isaiah 42 and then Isaiah 49, and then here in Isaiah 50, as having been given by God a tongue, in other words, uh, the ability to speak, and um, as one who is taught. Those who are taught is the word for disciples, and it comes from the Hebrew word limud, uh, which uh, is the passive plural form of lamad, which means to teach. Those who are taught are disciples, and um, and you know, the word disciple in Greek also means pupil, student, um, devotee, someone who's a learner. And so uh, what's beautiful about this text is that God is giving uh, this capacity to communicate to somebody who actually maybe isn't formally trained. And this is super encouraging to people who aren't formally trained who feel like the only way they could be a disciple uh, or a serious sort of agent of transformation or change or a pastoral worker or someone who can make a difference is if they're educated. And a lot of the people we work with are people that have not really been through very much formal training. Like in Honduras, where Tierra Nueva began, our work was mainly with illiterate adults and um, if people had education, usually it was like three years of school, and most of the people couldn't read or write. And um, and then here in Skagit Valley, a lot of the people we work with, most of them haven't graduated from high school. Some of them may have GEDs, which is like the high school uh, diploma equivalent, but many of them have gotten it in prison or they've just gotten it along the way, but they haven't gone beyond that. And so there's a, a, a feeling of inferiority often when it comes to you know just learnedness and um, and so here we have just a super encouraging idea that actually it's God who who gives this capacity to communicate to speak and um, and so it's up to us then to receive that and and to step out in faith and so the Lord God has given me the tongue of a disciple that I may know how to sustain with a word the one who is weary. So um, how do we sustain with a word someone who's weary? You know, a lot of times um, when we think we know what someone needs to hear, it doesn't go very well. I don't know about you, but I'm often told by um, some of my kids, you know, Dad, hey, I'm not wanting uh, an answer. I'm not wanting you know, to uh, to know what you think in terms of a solution. I just I just need I just need to be heard, and I'm like, yeah, okay, sorry. Um, I don't know why, I, but I do have that tendency to want to to want to fix things, and I want to give someone um, a solution. And often, what people want isn't a solution. They just want empathy. You know, they want um, me to come alongside them and just be in solidarity. You know, listen, and uh, they. They, they need to feel heard. And maybe you're like that too. You need to feel heard. You know, you uh, you need someone who you can just share your heart with, who's just going to be there 
and, um, and not judge you and not try to fix you. And our people, you know, that's, that's by and large what most of our people in our faith community feel like they want and they need is just um, respectful presence. And yet at the same time, there is a time to be able to speak a word. And um, prof- prophecy is really that gift from the Holy Spirit that allows us to speak a word that is going to actually go into someone's heart and maybe bypass some of the um, the barriers and, you know, the sensor that they have uh, established, you know, based on their bad experiences, you know, maybe with teachers or, or with uh, pastors or with people in authority. And, um, and so, you know, in order for me to know how to sustain with a word someone who is really downtrodden, um, really what I've learned through my many, many errors, you know, many, many mistakes um, in trying to, you know, reach out to people is um, that it's critical that I, um, I'm in a posture of just listening myself, listening to the Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit, how do I speak? Um, you know, um, what is it that you want to say to this person? You know, right, um, right before I started this podcast, I, I just felt like I, I wanted to take a walk around the block and I was, uh, noticing that it was beautiful and sunny and, uh, it's been rainy and cold and I guess it's still cold, but it was sunny. So I thought I'm going to take a walk. And as soon as I got out the door, I turned the corner and I started walking on the railroad tracks past our building. And I noticed a guy uh, bouncing a basketball, uh, you know, his truck was parked in our parking lot and I just kind of looked over at him and then he said, Hey, what are you looking at? And, um, I came over and I said, um, excuse me, um, what? What, what are you saying? And I couldn't hear because my, my wool hat was pulled over my ears. And he said, what are you looking at? I saw you turn and look at me. And then you turned and went around and started walking around. And you've been checking me out. And I said, no, I I wasn't um, checking you out. I I just, uh, no, I, not at all. And he says, oh, okay. Um, and uh, anyway, we started this conversation. I introduced myself. I said, look, I'm. You know, I work here at Tierra Nueva. I'm one of the pastors here, and and um, and who who are you? You know, what's your name? And we started this conversation, and turned out that he um, is the nephew of um, of a man who I know very well, who I've ministered to in one of the prisons, who has been serving a 555 month sentence. And we were just involved in a clemency hearing, and um, we were able to win clemency for this guy who's now going to be released very soon. So I started talking to him just about this man. I said, oh, do you know uh, Rogelio Vasquez? And he says, whoa, that's my uncle. You're, you're kidding. And how do you know him? And I, and I explained. And so suddenly we, we got into this long, long conversation and, and some trust was beginning to build. And uh, anyway, he started to share his life. And, uh, and I realized uh just how sensitive he was um, to uh, to just uh, to me in the first place. Just my look, you know, my gaze, and even my words when I began to talk with him. Um, he was on the defensive, and it took a while to be able to break break down the you know the suspicion and and be able to really you know get down and to the point where in the end I was I was able to bless him and pray for him, and and we had a really nice connection, but. 
I felt like this scripture was actually for him because he was telling me how, you know, I don't know why uh, people are always down on me. And um, my whole life, I've just had people be antagonistic towards me. And I don't, I don't know why that is. And he says, but I'm someone who's always sided with people that are the, the, the downtrodden people, like in my school and school, when I was going through the school system, I, I would defend people who were maybe had a stutter or who were just viewed by others as, um, as inferior or as, as weak or as, uh, other people put them down and maybe bullied them. And I always defended, um, people who were being bullied and, um, I said, oh, well, that could be part of the reason why people are down on you. I mean, if you're defending the people that um, that the bullies are bullying, then that's going to put you in their crosshairs too. And he goes, yeah, and, I, and I'm the kind of person that just says uh, things as they are. And of course, I just experienced that. He, he practically picked a fight with me. And he says, you know, I like to just say things the way they are. I like to tell the truth. And so then I got thinking, you know, um, wow, Isaiah 50 is kind of... Uh, that's what this that's what this guy's about um, in a way and I and I kind of shared some of these verses with him and he was really touched by it just the idea that um, that he could be a person who who God could help to uh, to be able to speak a word of comfort to to the people who he feels led to defend I mean he was telling me how he uses his four-wheel drive truck to kind of help move people some of the people in our area who've been dislocated, They've been forced off of uh, off of pieces of land that are that have been um, you know that have been squatted on, I guess, by people with their trailers. And there's a lot of homeless people or people that are that are also just drug users, uh, meth users, and also you know heroin and fentanyl users who you know who found um, different sites around our county where they can they can live sort of off the grid. And anyway, this is a guy who who's been in touch with a lot of those people and and actually. It's just helping people left and right. And uh, so anyway, I shared some of the, this verse with him and and just the idea of even knowing how to uh, share a word with the weary is, uh, is, is something that, you know, he wanted. He wanted to be a person that knew how to do that better. And, and of course, I do too. And so it's beautiful just to think of God as, um, as being behind this whole um, agenda, you know, to to actually support people who are downtrodden, and um, God is the initiator here and is the one who gives this, uh, you know, this capacity to speak um, as a learned one, um, in order to be able to know how to, s- to support someone, you know, uh, sustain someone with a word, and uh, so then it goes on morning by morning. He wakens. And uh, I've been reflecting on this for a while, just thinking about how this expresses God's um, commitment to just continually reaching out to us. You know, morning by morning um, evokes the Exodus story where, um, you know, where God sends manna. And, um, and in Hebrew, this, this is the same terminology exactly. Morning by morning, they were to go and to collect the manna. And, uh, and if they kept it overnight, um, then it would turn, it would be filled with, uh, with, with worms, except for the Sabbath. Um, they could connect, collect enough for two days because they weren't to collect, uh, manna on the Sabbath. But normally every day, um, they were to go out and to look for the manna. And, um, 
and God wouldn't allow them really to save it um, because um, God was trying to create, um, you know, really uh, inspire them to trust, I guess, so that it would be, they would go out every day and know that God was going to provide for them day by day. But here um, we're talking not about f actual food uh, like manna, but um, God's voice coming and God being this persistent um, teacher, master communicator, who uh, morning by morning, he wakens. He wakens my ear. You know, it's I've been reflecting on this, how God um, is first described as awakening. And then, um, then the verb awaken appears a second time. He awakens my ear. And uh, I've been kind of experimenting with this a little bit. I, like sometimes I, I, I wake up for some just unexplainable reason. I wake up in the middle of the night or I wake up early in the morning and I've, I've been wondering, um, okay, well, maybe, maybe that's what I'm experiencing. I'm experiencing God waking me, but I'm not hearing anything. I'm not noticing anything. I'm not feeling like God's communicating with me, but maybe that's the moment to stop and to just go, okay, um, here I am, Lord. Um, you know, I think of Samuel who is sleeping and God speaks to him and says, Samuel, Samuel. And he says, um, here I am. He goes and finds Eli. You know, he's this young boy who's who's being mentored by Eli, who is a priest um, in the temple. And um, Samuel wakes up and goes to Eli three different times. And then Eli realizes God's speaking to him. God's awakening him. But he doesn't yet know the Lord. And so um, he tells Samuel, next time when God speaks, say, um, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. It's funny, I know it that way because that's how I learned it as a kid in the King James Version. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And I remember um, that text all really, really impacted me as a, as a young boy. And I would wonder, you know, when I would, when I would wake up, um, whether maybe God was trying to speak to me. And I wanted him to speak to me really bad. I felt like I wanted to, to, to be like Samuel. I wanted to hear. And so I would, I would say that, um, at different times when I thought maybe God was waking me up. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And um, and so this is something I, I feel inspired to practice right now in my life. Um, I have a need to hear from God on so many fronts. Um, I don't know about you, but um, there's so many times when I feel like I need wisdom. Um, I mean, I could I could list things right now, and I do. Um, areas where I need wisdom um, in knowing how to come alongside somebody and just how to how to love somebody who I who I care about, um, how to um, sometimes just be present and what to say, what not to say, um, you know, where to travel next, um, what to do with my time. Um, you know, there's so many situations where I feel like I need wisdom, and and of course, you know, um, James says that. If anyone lacks wisdom, let that person ask of God. Okay, um, and you know, and that that scripture is actually maybe one that we should look at here for a second because it's a it's just a powerful invitation, really, for us to you know to when we need help, when we need um, you know when we need wisdom. I don't know about you, whether you feel a need for wisdom, but wow, do I ever feel. A need for wisdom so often um, right now in a big way. 
So James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let that person ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So do we notice when God is giving us this wisdom? Do we notice? Um, do we stop and pay attention and try to deliberately um, put ourselves in a posture where we're paying attention? Or do we ask um, without even stopping and pausing to see what God's going to say? I know that sometimes that's what I do, exactly. And that's why verse 6 is so critical. But let that person ask in faith. Okay, so faith, I think, is like let that person ask expecting, okay? With no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that they'll receive anything from the Lord. Uh, they're like double-minded people, unstable in all their ways. And... Um, so I think it's critical that we that we that we ask with faith, and um, and that we're paying attention. So, you know, back to um, Isaiah chapter fifty, morning by morning. You know, God doesn't give up on us. God doesn't give up on us. God is persistent. Uh, God wakens my ear, and um, and when I'm when I when I wake up and my ear is is attuned. Um, then, you know, then I can hear as those who are taught. And that's exactly what it says. He awakens my ear. So first he awakens me and then he awakens my ear. Um, so, so I take that as an invitation that when I do wake up and when God has my attention, that then I try to incline my ear, so to speak, um, you know, like, like be deliberate to open the ears of my heart, um, because I don't know that it literally means my physical ear. Although, when I do need to listen to someone, it does involve my physical ear, doesn't it? But to have the ears of my heart opened up is, is really, um, takes a deliberate effort. And so, um, in fact, right now, I'd like to just pray into this. Um, God, um, help us to notice um, help me to notice, help us to notice when you are getting our attention, when you're wakening us, when you're waking us up, because we're asleep a lot of the time. I know I am. Wake me up. Wake me up, Father in heaven. Help us to be able to, um, to notice when you are, you are trying to get our attention. Open our ears at that point. Help us to to be expecting that you're going to speak. We pray this in Jesus' name. So morning by morning, he wakens me. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught, to hear as um, disciples. And um, to hear as a disciple is actually to let ourselves be the beneficiaries of God's pursuit of us as teacher. The Lord God has opened my ear. And, um, and so now something's happened. This, you know, the writer here is noticing that their ear is opened. And, um, and he goes on, I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. And um, this is really critical. Like when God is speaking to us, 
what do we do with that? Do we, do we postpone a response? Do we, um, do we ignore God's voice? Do we doubt that it's God? Um, of course, we do need to have some way to discern whether it's the Spirit that's speaking to us. And, um, and maybe that's why there's a plural group here, those who are taught. You know, we need to be in dialogue with other fellow disciples. But here, um, it's God who, um, who gives, and then God who awakens, and now God who opens um, my ear. And, um, and we have a place, you know, a part to play now. I was not rebellious. I turned not backwards. You know, um, it's interesting because, you know, the word um, convert, convert or conversion is epistrepho, which means to turn around. And um, it comes from the Hebrew verb shuv, which is to turn. And so um, we can turn towards God or we can turn away from God. And um, rebellion would be like turning away from God and, um, and just refusing. And, um, but here, uh, turning, not turning backwards, but um, being willing to, uh, to do what God is calling us to do is, uh, is really important. And that's something that just happened to me when I was uh, out there walking around the block right now, when I was walking and I, and I saw this guy and, and I felt like God was saying, you know, talk to him and um, offer to pray for him. And, you know, and um, anyway, in the end, the guy just really received my prayers and it was, it was beautiful. And, um, and I could tell that, that, that really this was, this was, uh, it was, it was God who'd, who'd wakened me here in my, um, in my office right before I was going to give this podcast to go and to, and to take that walk. And, and, and when I did it, um, I think I was obeying, obeying God. You know, I was, I wasn't being rebellious. I was, I was in alignment. Um, and then, and then God actually gave me the tongue of, of a disciple and I was able to bless this guy and encourage him. And, uh, and maybe he'll end up coming, coming around more often. And anyway, this goes on. I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. Um, I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. You know, sometimes when God, um, when God gives us a word, when God awakens us to speak, it's, it's, it's not always just a word that's going to, that's going to be welcomed by the person we need to, we need to speak it to. And part of the prophetic role is, is to be willing to, you know, to, to do whatever is needed to be able to say what God puts on our heart to say, you know, whether it's a challenge or whether it's an encouragement, whether it's a word that brings comfort, you know, um, in first Corinthians chapter 12 or chapter 14, you know, we have, um, this Paul is writing about the gift of prophecy. He says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts or the spiritual things, especially that you may prophesy. So this is something we can pursue. You know, we can pursue this gift of prophesying. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but the, he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. And um, so upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation are 
three aspects of the prophetic. And, um, and so we want to, you know, we want to try to open ourselves up to being, um, being people that, that are willing to be available, you know, for that wherever we go and every day. And it's um, so encouraging just to think that God is going to give us this opportunity day after day after day. There's another scripture that I want to look at just really quick, and it's um, and it's chapter 10 of Matthew, where I think there's a tie to uh, Isaiah chapter 50 in a way. In this text, um, you know, it's beginning verse 26. Jesus has just sent out his 12 disciples, commissioning them, giving them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. And there's this long um, teaching that he gives about um, what does it mean to be a disciple, which we're going to look at um, in some of the next sessions that we're going to, you know, we're going to have together in this podcast. But um, after warning them about um, how you're going to be hated by all for my name's sake, and um, they're going to persecute you, and you're going to flee from one place to the next, and anyway, he's he's really warning them of. Um, of just uh, trials and persecutions that await them. He says, so have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. And, um, you know, in here, um, there's a lot that could be said about this, which we'll look at next time. But verse 27, Jesus says, what I tell you in the dark, say in the light and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops, or um, literally what it says, and what you hear um, in the ear, proclaim on the housetops. So Jesus is here committing himself, you know, to being our teacher, which means that we have the opportunity to, uh, you know, to be disciples. Every time that we open ourselves to, uh, you know, to hearing, um, you know, to hearing from God and to, and deliberately uh, placing ourselves before God and saying, here I am, Lord, speak to me. Um, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Every time that we place ourselves in that posture, we, you know, we have the opportunity to, um, you know, to receive words that God is going to want maybe us to, to share. Um, like, like in this text, what I tell you, in the darkness, you know, proclaim in the light. And um, what you hear in the ear, okay, proclaim from the housetops. And um, and so that is really a picture of what I would call prophetic discipleship. And, um, and so anyway, that's some, some food for thought, you know, based on um, Isaiah chapter 50. The first time that, um, you know, that the word disciple appears in the Bible, or actually the second time. The first time is actually in Isaiah chapter 8, which I'll look at just really quick. It's um, it's important too, but completely different. In Isaiah chapter 8, um, this is a different setting where um, the prophet Isaiah is really addressing the people of, um, of Judah at a time when there was so much just corruption and and the prophet Isaiah is speaking very strong words to the people. 
and he's got a group of followers of disciples around him. And, um, and he warns just about this time of exile where they're going to all be carried off uh, to Babylon. But he says in Isaiah 8, verse 16, bind up the testimony and seal the teaching among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. And so um, this was a time when um, the word that was written down, you know, the oracles that the prophet had received from God and the disciples had perhaps written them down in scrolls. Um, you know, Isaiah is saying, look, hang on to this revelation until the proper time. And that's a whole other aspect of, you know, of a, a prophecy is knowing the timing and being able to wait um, for the moment when we're to speak that word, you know, to the weary or the challenge to the powerful. So um, anyway, let's close with prayer. God, we ask that you would train us up. Uh, we give you permission and we welcome you to, to be our teacher. And uh, we want to be your disciples. Jesus, we ask that you would awaken us, that you would um, speak to us in the darkness, that we would, uh, you would awaken our ear and that um, we would notice and, um, and that we would um, treasure what you say, that we'd bind up the testimony and that we would maybe write it all down and, uh, and pay attention so that we know when it's time for us to speak it and uh, protect us from presumption, protect us from, you know, from any kind of pride or, or just from going too fast or going too slow. Help us to be obedient and to be, um, you know, to be willing to be your spokespersons. We pray for your help in the name of Jesus. Amen.